Welcome to the Balkan Talks, where we discuss everything business and news related to the Western Balkans. The Balkan Talks is brought to you by WBBG, your partner for doing business in the Western Balkans region. Enjoy the episode. Peter probably had to, you know, invest something, buy a truck, in, increase that over time to actually meet these goals. And it's kind of interesting to see how different sectors have different challenges, of course. But it's yeah. cool that, I mean, has Peter mentioned, has he explained how long he's been in the region operating? Well, yeah, he, he started there in 1994. So 94, yeah, wow. one year before the war. Yeah, <laughs> it's also very funny to see, you know, well, funny between air quotes, you know, that yeah, yeah. when he said 1994, you saw a lot of people like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you started then already? You know, <laughs> what like, were you doing? Yeah. What were you running in yeah, 94? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, what, yeah. what are you smuggling? What were you transporting <laughs> in 94? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, uh, what were those tw- ah, Okay, but yeah, let, let's not, uh, yeah, maybe we- we'll have him on as a guest one time and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> what was on your truck in 94? <laughs> Sani, my man. Hey man, what's up? I'm good. You healthy? Very important these days. Oh, I'm very healthy. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Well, a little bit under the we- weather. There's some something going around. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We're just, not uh, going to mention the name of this very dreadful virus, uh, but I'm okay. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm just trying to do my work, try to do everything, but it's been difficult these days, man. Like fucking, like the whole country is all. Uh, yeah, something's happening, right? Yeah. It's probably. Stock market went down today like a madman. Yeah, you see that. Yeah, that's. I mean, everything has a positive side. Uh, the um, you know, the 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 fuel for the cars is, is yeah. dropping in price as well. So, China is happy. That's what I read. China is happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read what's happening in China? Yeah, no, but China is the biggest importer of oil. You know that. Oh no, I've I've yeah. not heard They're that. The no. Biggest worldwide importer of oil. Mm, so all right, right. for them, it, this is quite a... okay. Well, anyways, if you're talking about um, light points and good points, the Balkan is always a light point. Always a hot topic. Always a hot topic. Always. always fun. Yeah. Always relevant. Yep. And it's been relevant this week, or at least last week again. Mm, Where that's were true. we? We were at the, um, let me see, what's it called exactly? Oh, the, you didn't even remember the name. I don't remember names, man. Balkan Business Dialogue 2020, 2020 organized yeah. by the... Uh, Netherlands Enterpa- Enterprise Agency, or yeah. the, as the Dutch know it, the RWO, Rijksdienst for Ondernemend Nederland. Scrabble word. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Remember so that? In, in The Hague. We were there last week on Thursday. Yeah. And uh, it was an interesting get-together of a few speakers, some uh, organizations and companies that represent various interests, uh, both in the, in the Netherlands and the Balkans. And um, I think the point was, correct me if I'm wrong, to introduce people to the region, uh, the advantages, um uh, you know the the opportunities, the 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 maybe the the hurdles that you'd have to overcome in the region. Just so very ba- general. Gen- yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was. It was interesting. Yeah. So basically, they're doing what what we do so much better <laughs> with the Belkin talks. <laughs> don't don't no. Like they only do it once a year. We do it every day. We do. We so live this. That we live this. Yeah. We don't have anything else to do. Yeah. Was that on on the edge? Should I have not said that? <laughs> 
you know, you know, like we don't have any friends, and now, and now, now there are no friends left. Oh shit! At all? No, no joking. But, uh, we no, love no, you. No, but they're they're yeah. good. You know, we have, we have a good relationship with the Netherlands Enterprise Agency. Of course, we yeah. know a lot of people who work there. Yeah, uh, good relationships with them. So in that sense, like nothing uh, negative about them. Great organization, great event. Of um, course, of as, course. As, yeah. This was like the third time they organized it, I think, too. So mm. it's quite quite good. You yeah, know, we had enough people there. Interesting topics. So, uh, yeah, what did you find most interesting? Like, you have to, like, pick pick a moment from the day. Well, I, I'm always most fascinated and drawn to stories of entrepreneurship. Yeah. As you probably, you know, people that know me a bit better will know that about me. So, we had, I think, two very interesting um, cases. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was Kupuyem um, Prodayem, which is basically the... Um, for the people that, for the English speaker, it's like um, eBay. Serbian eBay. Serbian eBay. Well, maybe even the Balkan eBay. They're quite big in multiple countries. I are, think. They, are they active outside I think of so, yeah. Serbia? I think so, yeah. Oh. I, I don't know how big they are. They're very, I think they're the biggest in Serbia at least. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Right. But I don't know if they're active outside of I Serbia. thought I thought that's what he said. Oh, so yeah. that was a really interesting story. Uh, it's a Serbian guy. Now, his name is, I think. Bojan Lekovic. Yeah, right. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I remembered it. Yeah. Nice. Right. And anyway, he's he's actually uh, he actually started the business from the Netherlands, and uh, he talked about the uh, opportunities and why he actually started doing the kupien um, prodaim, which means uh, I'm buying and I'm selling. Basically, uh, that's the literal trans- translation. Very original uh, name. Yeah. No, but that's all <laughs> all it took apparently. So what he did, he saw in the Netherlands about ten years ago uh, the. Uh, idea of uh, Marktplatz and mm-hmm. eBay and all these things, which were already proven concepts, and he brought them to the Balkans. So he he kind of uh, copy pasted the business model, which is which is uh, you know proof that a lot of things that you may think maybe um, you know they already exist, they won't work. Some you know. Especially if you're from like a Western country, right? Like right. things you're used to, of which you'd imagine, like, oh, they probably have this everywhere. Mm. They might, it might not yet exist in uh, right. uh, the region. Right. That's there, that's yeah. what I was, what I was going to say. I've I've I, I've seen quite some examples in the past of uh, things like um, you know I don't know like like takeaway.com, Tijsbezorgd for the yeah. Dutch listeners. All these things like Uber Eats. For the eats, Americans, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. When when um, when these things just started, and you know, I mentioned this as a as a concept or idea to Bosnian friends in Bosnia, they didn't believe that that would be you know a possibility. And you know, you see these kinds of services now popping up there just to show that y- y- it's quote unquote easy to take a successful business model and just copy paste it to the Balkans because it's a f- fresh market. Let's say. You have loads of opportunities like that over there. And if you're the first one to do it, you exactly. always have the advantage uh, until maybe the big boy from who you stole the idea comes over. And right. Does That'll, the same of thing. Of course. But that, or buys you. Of but course. But that, that's, that's either, like either five way, years down yeah, the road. Yeah, so at mean, least if you want to do business, that, that might be a possibility. So that's what the uh, boy, the Boyan did from Kupi and Prodaim. He t- 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 talked about that. And also some of the, he answered some questions as well about the, um, you know, so stuff that people usually ask about the Balkans, like, you know, corruption and how do you, how's the mentality of the people and all that stuff. We'll yeah. get, do they work hard? Right, mark. right. Yeah. We'll get back to that later, I think. And the other one was um, uh, Samir 
Sa- so Salimi, Samir Sal- Salimi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samir he Salimi. was the best speaker of the I day. Think he, was, me. he was very. He was a great speaker. He was on the um, on the panel as well, mm-hmm. and he's. Um, uh, he has a company, an IT company, which he started, I think he said like five years ago mm-hmm. uh, in Kosovo, where he's from. Yeah. And because he he still lives in the Netherlands, he grew up here, but and he went back there, opened up the office and um, he, he it's a, a very successful company now that uh, basically uh, helps uh, quite a few big Dutch names, firms like uh, supermarkets to... Uh, forecast yeah like one of his clients so, was friesland campina i think for example but he also mentioned like coca-cola and stuff yeah. like bigger bigger names, big names. Yeah. and and, and he, their company wasn't like some top 100 forbes most promising right it something right. like that it was really yeah. cool and it, it was also an example of just like entrepreneurship just the mindset of you know what uh, i've got three, i think he said like i've got three thousand euros you know, costs in Kosovo and the Balkans are really low. I'm just going to go over there, um, start the business with myself, some other guys and start making money, you know, start working for these, for these players here in the Netherlands. And he grew that out in five years. It was a really good, good story, a really good example. And he, in general, also, you could actually see that he knew what he was talking about when he was speaking, when he was talking about doing business, when he was talking about IT. I asked him about compliance issue with data because mm. he does work for European, the D- Dutch companies and, mm. you know, compliance. GDPR rules exactly. and everything. And Kosovo is outside of the European Union. He had an answer for that like this. You know, he wanted to share his standards. It was like all open and it was a really good talk. So. Those are the two I thought most inter- interesting as you know speakers as well, and um, you know entrepreneurship in general. Mm-hmm. The topic is the thing that interests me the most. So I was happy to have met them there at the. Uh, what, what was uh, what was your uh, favorite part of the day? Well, it was obviously also uh, Samir because like his story was I think uh, one of the, like the kind of stories we need um, at these kind of events. I think that. The best, I've, I've said this before, you know, like the best form of marketing for the region are these kind of success stories and them being shared um, with people who maybe are thinking about making the step or who are already active in the region, but don't know how to get, get uh, across uh, to certain hurdles. And I think that's something that is very um, interesting to hear at, at, at these kinds of events. So I found him uh, the most interesting by far. Yeah. Um, maybe one other uh, story I also found interesting, but also because I talked to him um, afterwards for a bit, was um, Peter Buchestein, and he was from the uh, the, the uh, trucking company. Mm. You know, they had like thousands of trucks, I think, in all of Europe. They were active in Eastern Europe and more countries, and Poland and Mold- Moldova, and they mentioned a few more countries. But it started back in the 90s already, uh, and they had their transport hub in Macedonia, mm-hmm. North Macedonia nowadays. And they uh, transport, you know, um, a lot of what they do are like garment industry. So, right. you know, we had the episode about uh, garment industry last season. Yeah. Shameless plug, go listen to that. <laughs> but um, Albania. Right? Albania, yeah. always a great topic to talk about. And their garment industry was also uh, a part of his uh, transport line, you know, because he said like, oh yeah, we go into Albania, pick up the garments there and then send them uh, over west. Yeah. Um, and he was also very interesting to hear because he... Um, 
he was like a different side than Samir because Samir, uh, you know, IT company five, uh, five years ago, you know, IT is hip and happening in the whole region and everything's already, you know, blitzy and quick and everybody's working on their laptops and you know how it yeah, goes. Yeah. But um, with Peter and, and his transport company, which is a very big company by now with like hundreds, if not thousands of trucks, which he mentioned, um, it's a very much more old school company, if you know mm. what I mean. You know, it's a more traditional sector and it's been busy for like 25 years in it, wow. um, in the region. So I think that's very interesting to hear like what his experiences were throughout the years. And he didn't touch upon that uh, a lot in the panel, but yeah. he did um, share more of his experiences outside of uh, the panel in one of the breakout sessions. I attended his breakout session. And it was very interesting to hear that he said, yeah, like it's a, it's a difficult region and we had to like, um, try a lot of stuff and, you know, go by trial and error. Like one of the most beautiful examples I found, uh, of like learning stuff, trial and error with his logistics company was that when they started in uh, the region in North Macedonia, Albania, uh, on the border region where they had, um, this town, I forgot its name, but that was their like transport hub and the way they would try to organize transport because originally what would happen a truck before it would go over to let's say germany or france or netherlands or whatever it would have first have to drive like past eight or nine uh you know factories points where they would pick up uh, the local load of you know some brand which made a new line and then they would have to pick it up and then they would um drive over that that was the uh, original model and they thought oh we're gonna do this more efficiently instead of having the big truck driving around all these small um, uh, factories and then uh, going over west we have smaller trucks go to all these factories yeah um, have pick up the the, the 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 new lines or production line or whatever bring them to one central point fill it in the big truck there and then send it over west mm. which you would say is a lot more efficient which is like great oh yeah this, this is like costs saves money and a lot faster but what happens is that all those lines are not done at the same time so something that on paper sounds like a great innovation was then met by reality, which yeah. was um, some, yeah, just I need a day extra. You know, you come there with your small truck. Oh yeah, I, need, I just need a day extra. It's not done yet. You know, I need more time. And then uh, you have to wait. And then your big truck has to wait on all the small loads, which doesn't work. And then you have delays. And so they eventually reverted to just going back with the big truck, but yeah. then optimized it in a certain way that would still work. Nice. Okay. But those kind of like you know, trial and error stories, I find uh, very fascinating always to hear, uh, especially from people who have you know twenty five years, uh, twenty five years of experience yeah, yeah. in a certain sector. Yeah, for sure. It's also interesting to see the contrast between, like, for example, the startup investment when it comes, even you know whether it's financial or network or whatever. So with Samir and his IT company, he he could have just he just started with laptops. And he mm. didn't, he didn't even need an office. They could just work wherever. And, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Peter. Peter. Right. Peter. 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 There you go. Peter probably had to, you know, invest something, buy a truck and in, increase that over time to actually meet these goals. And it's kind of interesting to see how different sectors have different challenges, of course, but it's yeah. cool that, I mean, has Peter mentioned, has he explained how long he's been in the region operating? 
Well, yeah, he, he started there in 1994. So 94, yeah, wow. one year before the war. Yeah, <laughs> it's also very funny to see, you know, well, funny between air quotes, you know, that yeah, yeah. when he said 1994, you saw a lot of people like, ooh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you started then already? You know, <laughs> what like, were you doing? Yeah. What were you running in 94? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, what, yeah. what are you smuggling? <laughs> what were you transporting in 94? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. You know, what were those, tw- ah, okay, but yeah, let, let's not, uh, yeah, maybe we, we'll have him on as a guest one time and ask him. <laughs> Yeah. What was on your truck in '94? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, but but it was, um, yeah, it was very. What was also very funny, like if, if we're talking about the past and like how things change, like he also explained a bit like how um, the, the 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 technology changed and the impact that had. You know, like now you have like transponders in every truck, and you can track their you know whereabouts at all times. You can see what they're doing and where they're driving and all those things. But before, obviously, without cell phones and all that technology, you didn't have these options. So they would have these options where there would be like a transponder in the truck and they would have like some kind of radar centrally located in the Netherlands. But if the driver went off like the range of the radar, he would just like sometimes, especially when going into Eastern Europe, he would disappear for a few days and you would not know what, what, what he was doing until he came back onto the radar again. He was like, oh yeah, everything's fine. I'm back again. Damn. Because the range was just like, you could, you could go that far and that, that was it. That must have been a really fun period for drive, being a truck driver. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like now you have stuff like geofencing, which he also explained that, uh, trucks have like, can be geofenced because they sometimes do, a secure transport. Mm-hmm. So then a truck can be geofenced that it has to drive along a, s- a very specific route. Mm-hmm. And if it um, um, strays off the route more than 100 meters, uh, an, an alarm goes off at the central checking point in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah. And then they get like police not- notified and everything. So it is, the way he explained it, if some robbers try to take the truck into a dark forest, It'll be like uh, yeah, really difficult. Very difficult to, to do see. that. Yeah. So that was uh, yeah. And I think all in all, it was a very very uh, good experience to have. Very interesting to be there. Um, so yeah, yeah. So maybe we can talk a little bit about like the 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 sectors that that were covered in this uh, in this event. Yeah. I think so. We had water, mm-hmm. right? We had was it 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 and. Uh, infrastructure and logistics. Infrastructure. That was the def- definition. Yeah, those uh, three, right? That, that's quite a f- few varying uh, topics. So one thing that we've, you know, we haven't talked too much about, I think, was the water sector. Um, we also, by the way, we got like um, a question about that. You want very true? Yeah. You, you want to do the question? It? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Because um, obviously, as we've said, uh, the previous podcast we did together, right? We said, people, you can send in questions and yep. then we'll answer them in the podcast. Keep sending in your questions, people. Yeah, keep sending them in. We'll answer them. And now we won't do them all at the end. We'll try to do them in the episode. And yeah. coincidentally, we had one about one of the to- topics. Yeah. So uh, Yusuf, thank you, Yusuf. Shout out to Yusuf. Yusuf, uh, my man. Asked us a question about uh, water projects. And he asked us, what are the outlooks for sustainable energy on the Balkans? And what role can the region play in this respect? And he also gave an example of hydro energy in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Yeah. Um, but I think we know hydro energy is also very popular in Albania mm-hmm. and the south of, of the region. Because, uh, yeah, obviously a lot of mountains, rivers. Yeah. And uh, 
Didn't we do an article on this or we, we did a video on this? Oh I yeah, mean, that's when true. we but that was specifically um, the uh, Bosnian part um, because we said in that uh, video, I said that in the research that we did, it showed that Bosnia is actually a net exporter of electricity because the country has relatively you know a small amount of people. Uh, I think somewhere between somewhere between three point five and three point eight million, and. Um, what it produces of electricity, a good part of that is produced by uh, hydroelectric plants and it exports quite a big part of that. So, um, you know, Yusuf's question ties kind of ties into that when it comes to sustainable energy. You know, some would say that some people would say that hydroelectric is sustainable. Like if you um, obviously there's the impact of building the hydroelectric dams and the effect it has on, you know, the valley, the nature and all that. Mm -hmm. But if you, um, if you are able to manage that correctly and you take that as a, you know, as a, let's say a given, uh, if you can keep that damage contained or under control, then hydropower is, well, is near infinite and it's sustainable because the river keeps flowing, the dam, you know, the water, the, the lake is indefinite, let's say. I think that like hydropower in the region is one of the biggest opportunities with regards to energy, which you have, but like it's not obviously not as exploited as much as it could be. But one of the examples I have to think about is like Turkey, because like Turkey, um, I think it was like, you know, when Erdogan started his politics and like a few years before yeah. that, he made a lot of promises on the hydro um, part of things because, you know, in Turkey, you also have a lot of mountains, especially like in, in central Turkey, uh, a lot of mountains, rivers, a lot of opportunities for hydroelectric power. And one of Erdogan's, Erdogan's or whatever way you want to pronounce it, one of his biggest uh, promises was that he would buy, uh, um, build a lot of dams right. to produce hydropower. And that's one of the things he actually did. And it actually provided a lot of energy to, to Turkey and, and, and the sector, to the energy sector. And I think that's a good example of how you could use um, these opportunities in the region to build dams and build hydroelectric um, power plants to uh, stimulate the energy sector. Yeah. Well, yeah so, um, yeah, but I, I mean, just keep in mind that the construction of these dams, it does affect nature. Of course. Of course. So the ecology does. can be damaged. So if you, if you, if you're not careful, and I think that's one of the, uh, main, you know, arguments against it, like you're going to be destroying a lot of nature using mm -hmm. it. Uh, other, other sustainable energy, um, opportunities that we've seen, like, the the region is very sunny in the winter, especially along the Croatia. Adriatic coast. So you got the, of course, you got Croatia, you've got Montenegro, Albania, down Greece. It's very sunny for a large part of the year. So obviously, solar is a very good option, especially when you know when when I think of Herzegovina in Bosnia and Herzegovina, the south. So you see more and more of these projects, as well as um, there's there's some. Uh, projects for financing now as well from the EU, but also from local governments for uh, wind energy, right? So these are things that you see popping up in the region and it's still very early, 
early stages, but uh, there's quite some opportunities there. Well, so, I, I know that um, subsidies for uh, wind energy are quite uh, yeah. on the rise right now in the region. Exactly. So that's one of the things that you see a lot of new investors getting into, yeah. like the, 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 the wind power and, and those opportunities. Yeah. One of the most fascinating things I've always found was what you said, solar. I really think if you would like do that in an organized way, just like, Let's just say you would do the whole idea of the coast, like all the, all the buildings, all solar. I think you could like power half of Europe basically with, with, with just that. Like maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but you know what one of the biggest problems is uh, actually when it comes to these kind of projects, because it's also always a thing which people overlook when they're talking about like, you know, production of energy and sustainable energy, and let's just put down a lot of solar panels and mm. it'll be fine. But one of the biggest problems you have, especially in the Balkans, is that the, um, like the energy infrastructure is not prepared for such um, large, you know, uh, increases in production yeah. energy, because, you know, producing energy and pr producing wind energy and solar and all those things, that's one component, but you also have to transport it and get it to, you know, to the centers where, where, where it's stored or get it to plants or get it, you know, anywhere, basically, you need yeah. en energy infrastructure. And the infrastructure in the region is, is just quite old. It's not been expanded that much. You see Croatia doing it now because of the solar opportunities. Yeah, there's also some Chinese investments coming in mm -hmm. in the region. But that's one of the one of the things you have to tackle first before yeah. you can um, build a lot of solar panels and and and, and windmills everywhere. Yeah, and that will be, uh, I think, the first. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's also an opportunity for investors. Like you could uh, aid. I, I think if you if you would go to to the let's say Montenegrin government and say, yeah, let me uh, uh, fix your engineering infrastructure. And in return, I can build X amount of windmills, you know? Yeah. I think they'll let you do it. For example, <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? I don't know. I mean, you know, well, one other thing that we can mention again, we mentioned it last time. I, I mean, if you take the position that electric cars are, are the future and, you know, oh, yeah. sustainable, you know, we've mentioned the lithium uh, yeah. in Serbia now. It's going to be, they're going to start excavating it in a few months. Um, um, that's are they? No, they're starting in 2023 with the largest deposit. The largest new mine. Oh, I'm sorry, a few years, I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, a few years, 2023. Did I say, you say a few months. In three, I, I, did I say three or two? You, you you said months anyways, so it's three years. It's three years, yeah. yeah. Excuse me for that. Yeah, yeah, but that was, that's the that's the, yeah. the biggest if that, supply. If you take exactly, if yeah. you take to the position that electric cars and vehicles are the future, and you know, green and blah blah blah. You know, we know that you know, producing these things is not you know, isn't as good for the environment as sometimes it looks. But using electric in the long term seems to be what people are leaning towards. Then lithium from Serbia, from the Balkans is going to play a big role. So when it comes to investing in, 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 in that part, in that industry, it might be interesting to look there as well. Well, so, lithium is also a very geopolitical problem because you yeah. know who has the largest supply of lithium right now? Who is it? Cha-cha-cha China. China. <laughs> China. You, you could have known. <laughs> I could have known, yeah. You could have known. Throw a rock. And yeah. Would have no, but China. Uh, China has the biggest supply of lithium nowadays. <clears throat> And obviously a lot of factories for electric uh, battery production are yeah. also in China right now. Yeah. And you see uh, Tesla is making moves to open up, you know, uh, factories for batteries here in Europe yeah. to have more locations to, to do that. 
And obviously next to a business uh, choice, it's also a geopolitical choice in a certain sense, because yeah, just, just look at what's happening these last few weeks, months to see what dependency on one country or one region can do uh, uh, to your economy, to your opportunities. So, yeah. you know, I really think, I think in 10 years, you could write very, very interesting, uh, like papers or researches about the geopolitical slash business, you know, cross lines on which um, lithium is, is right now and where it will be in 10 years. Yeah. I think that's going to be like in a certain way, the new gold, the new oil, whatever people want to, want to call it. Yeah. Lithium is going to be one of the more interesting questions of our time, I dare say. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, and, uh, the biggest deposit in Serbia. Yeah. <laughs> interesting times. So I hope that answers your question a little bit, Yusuf. Yeah, uh, you, you, Yusuf, you got some extra with the lithium. Yeah, but, uh, you got a, a long yeah, answer to long this question. Long answer. But I hope it helps. So we can uh, move on to maybe some other points when it comes to, um, you know, these opportunities in the region that we, yeah. that were talked about. Yeah, yeah, because I really, like, I think this will be a good opportunity. Like, I was really triggered about the idea last uh, last week at, at, at uh, the Balkan Business Dialogue that, you know, we should talk about more about opportunities in the region. Like we do see like a lot of stuff happening there and you still notice like even on these events, how many people are still quite uneducated on what, what's happening. And obviously we, you know, our mission statement every day, we, we try to, you know, spread the word about the possibilities. But I really think we should, we should highlight some stuff, maybe give some people, you know, concrete options. Lithium is one, you know, Rio Tinto 2023. Serbia, mm, that's right. one interesting one. Yeah. What else? Um, well, I always say, uh, if you would give me unlimited money right now, yeah, I would go to Albania and buy real estate on the coast. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would do that okay. because I think you, you know think that's it, the next. Yeah, it's the same coastline as Croatia. Yeah, it's the same coastline. It's also very beautiful. Maybe less islands, but in general, same coastline. Very affordable. Nice people. You know, the only problem with with it is that it's a bit f farther away by car or anything, you know, like you can't drive there in a day. Yeah. Uh, if you're coming from, let's say, Germany, uh, it's, a it's a bit more difficult, you know, because once you get through Slovenia, it gets harder, even though you can drive through Croatia, but still. Um, but I think that's that will be one of the more interesting sectors, like coastal real estate, Albania. Mm -hmm. But you also have a lot, a lot of players from Russia and Turkey and whatever buying yeah, up stuff. Yeah, a lot there. of stuff's going on there for sure. So if I could, if I could invest, I would probably go for production. Yeah, if you have unlimited money, yeah. what would Mr. Pascalic buy? Yeah, production. Like, like in, invest in 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 production lines to to you know see what what is hot and needed in Europe, and um, you know invest in those production lines. I, I because I also believe personally in creating jobs and I think industry is always good. Like let, let alone. Give me, uh, give, give me an example. Come on. What's like a, you know, sector, what industry would you? Well, look, I, I'm, I'm kind of from the technology side. So I would actually kind of enjoy seeing more high tech production there, like parts for machines. Uh, ASML, but Balkan version. Right. Something like <laughs> that. Well, that might be too high tech too you know, specific, but you know, part just metal production or, plastic production for, um, for the high tech industry to support, like, to support Europe's, you know, near future technological expansion, let's say 
that's something because because of the region you know the, the people want to people are you know young they want to work and all that and uh, it's close by so you know all these things that we've mentioned before when it comes to logistics it's a good region and in general i want to create jobs if i can if i could right and um yeah this is this is you know <clears throat> dream out loud you can say whatever you want right so i would love to have to see that a bit more so the the factories basically yeah production lines you're such a boss in the end that you that you're of immediately going for the factories of course yeah that's what what gives people you know work gives jobs give people stability and happiness especially when coming from a socialist kind of <laughs> you know socialist background that's you know i mean come on people are always complaining about no jobs we should create more jobs so you want to turn turn all the balkans into one big zenitsa <laughs> or <laughs> one big zenitsa yeah but the joke here here is that zenitsa has some you know some quality of air that needs to be worked yeah. on a little bit but we we, we can also <laughs> make a factory for air filters and then air just, filter yeah. factory exactly yeah why not that, so that, 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 that's what i would uh that do. would solve the problem right yeah. away so one other question that was raised during the dialogue or not raised people talked about like the importance of when you want to do business in the region mm -hmm. like how important is for example having local partners very important like if you're not from the region right yeah. you want to do region uh, business there oh yeah because i think boyan gave the example of that he had a brother who tipped him on the idea and then they started the Kupri and Prodayam together and yeah okay not just that but like if you in general like you need like you don't need but it's good to have somebody that you trust who um who knows his way around the the local country the people and has some contacts and all that and why is that important well well you know there, there's a few things i think um you're trusted more like obviously you have to we're assuming here that you find somebody you really trust because obviously um it, it's not the case in the just in the balkans but everywhere in the world people can do weird stuff right so we assume that you found somebody that you trust if you have somebody you can trust that you can really give something to do and they'll do it that means that you don't have to be there constantly that means that person can keep an eye out for you on the process knows people you know expands your network um uh, can can do basically just do field work for you there your contact there somebody that won't do anything weird and i also think <clears throat> that like one of the factors which just is a lot more relevant in the western balkan region than let's say um western europe is that informal structures are just a lot tighter and imp more important and more prevalent informal, than formal structures in the sense of like uh, business bu rule of law judicial mm, more you know because we just know more informal you mean or yeah yeah formal. like the, the the formal structures are less uh they're not as strong as they are in let's say the western world compared relatively to the informal structures right yeah yeah and because of that it becomes a lot more important who you know than uh, what you know and oh that's a know, good one. i think boyan said that right i think or somebody said that like well, i've 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 been saying this for like five years so oh, like, sorry. like me, you, sorry. you can pin this on boyan man but okay. i've been saying I, five I, years i thought sandro said this so this, it's it, this it, applies everywhere it's more important who you know than what you know yeah that's life lesson you can tattoo this on your back I'll tattoo this on my forehead. Yes. So I won't forget it. Never forget. No, no, because if you tattoo it on your forehead, you you won't see it yourself. Yeah. 
Okay, well, on that, your back you also won't, but that's not the point. <laughs> the Go Barbie. ahead. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one one other uh, thing, other topic that was discussed was culture, and we had well, it ties a, into that, right? It ties in into for, that in form definitely. of structures. That's, that's a segue into this, and we got another question about this topic, culture. A question from Tom. Tom. Yeah. Is it Tom is Dutch guy. Tom, right? I don't, yeah, Dutch guy. But yeah, <clears throat> shout right. out to Tom. Thanks for the question. Tom, thank you. He has a lot of questions, by the way, but we we'll try to answer them all. Okay. But, but let's go with the yeah. first one. Yeah. Okay. So Tom asks, is there a difference between the Balkan way of doing business and the Western way? And how could Western companies take that into account? Well, like we said just now, um, the so just to be clear, contracts and all that stuff is still very binding in the in the Balkans. It's just that there's a there's a larger component of um knowing each other getting to know each other other having food together drinks together um you know actually building a personal trust mm -hmm. before going into business while for example if you if you compare that to the netherlands now of course when i do business with a client here I go over to have coffee, have a, have some small talk and all that, but I don't need to invest more than that in general with this potential client to um, make our cooperation possible. We have a contract or an offer which is signed, which is legally binding, and it is understood by both parties that's enough for doing this transaction, whatever it may be. In the Balkans, that's also the case, but you also need to, in general, you need to trust the person more on a personal level. And that means investing more time, spending more time together, uh, casually uh, talking to each other, getting to know each other. Uh, that's an extra component. So the way and Western company, yeah, sir. What's maybe also important in that, in that respect, because that's also a knife that cuts uh, two ways, yeah. Because if ways. you if you build a relationship uh, with, let's say, in you know, in the Balkans on a on a business level, yeah, also on a personal level, people are a lot more forthcoming towards you to also tell other people how good you are and that they yeah. trust you. And there's some kind of social proof component to that. You know yeah. that you know if I recommend you, like I'm going to tell you you're a good guy. If you did good work for me, I'll recommend you to other people a lot more casually than would happen. Uh, here, let's say in Netherlands or in yeah. the West, like here, yeah. here people you have to ask for it. You right know? here, yeah. people gather like like reviews, uh, scores, and shit. Yeah, to, yeah. To, uh, um, yeah, that's less so the case. Yeah, yeah. But it also cuts the other way. So if you don't, if you if you screw somebody over, or you you know you make somebody distrust you, they'll also tell other people not to do business with you. So right. that's something that cuts two ways. But I do like, I, I like it, you know, yeah. because we all, I, I like to end up on the positive side. Of course, everybody does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah def definitely. So how could Western companies then take this into account when doing business? Well, be conscious of the fact that just sending somebody an offer, a contract, and just, you know, expecting, you know, give us a signature and we're going to start working tomorrow, you know, <laughs> like it's is possible in the Netherlands in yeah. a lot of cases. You just sign this and we'll start right away. It, it's not gonna be the case oftentimes in the Balkans. You're gonna have to spend some more time 
sitting with a person, talking with a person. So you need to take that aspect into account as well. And if you if you really don't want to do that, you could hire us to do that for you. Oh wow! <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing plug. shameless, yeah, yeah shameless yeah. plug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't want to invest time into this, you could, yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, good. good you know, <laughs> that was very shameless. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be liked. My God, yeah, yeah, free yeah, money. Yeah. If yeah. you like my shameless plug, please leave me a like. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's no chat. I, I think that, that's an important thing. Like, you have to uh, understand these differences and take it into account and just like understand that it's a bigger time investment to go into this region yeah. on the relationship level than uh, it would be let's say in the west yeah let's say but that 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 also is more fun in general you'll have more fun you you will you will definitely have more fun doing business in the balkans than you will in the west ever yeah <laughs> it's it's really yeah like, we'll just leave it at that we'll, we'll just leave it at that if you want to find out you can hire us <laughs> no, okay. stop i'm gonna stop now yeah but um <laughs> yeah, you don't have to hire us but do leave us a like yeah 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 please please <laughs> leave us a like anyway um, okay, Tom, I hope that answers your question somewhat. Thank you once again for a question. And I mean, there's an other question here. You want to do that one right away? Or we can yeah, just like we, we, can, we can do his questions. Yeah? I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I had a couple. So another question he had was the, about the cooperation with the European U Union. Tom asked, um, what is the Balkan interest in increasing economic relations with EU member states? What are the Balkans alternatives? And would you say conducting business with EU member states is its best option? You know, we've covered this topic uh, before in various ways. Episode two. Yeah, for two. sure. So obviously the interest of the Balkans with doing EU, with doing business uh, with EU and EU member states is uh, obviously it's a huge market. There's a lot of potential buyers, um, a lot of money to be made for Balkan companies. So every every Balkan company uh, wants to sell their products or their services. That's something that we saw as well. Finding the the offer side of things like it's not hard. Yeah, it's not hard. Everybody want wants to sell their bread in the West. Everybody. You send out a line and people want to sell their product or their um, service. service. And it's very sure. logical. You know, the margins are so much bigger of for course. them, especially for them. Of course. But where the problem lies is the buy side, the demand side. That's usually the, the, the you know, in the West, they're, they're less inclined or, I mean, we know a lot of good examples of, of people that do buy and produce in the Balkans in the West, but usually that's where the where the um, uh, uh, where the problems lie. People, yeah, the, the lack of the lack of yeah, the lack that's of demand. Also, I think just, just <clears throat> another good example of if you just educate and just show them what opportunities are. Like yeah. I've all I've we've heard, you know we've heard so many stories of people who say like oh yeah like I never looked towards this region but I did it once and then I was like suddenly sold, sold you yeah. know Sander with the, with the houses in Croatia yeah. yeah like all these people who are Dutch no experience but go over and like oh yeah I'm gonna do of course yeah so <clears throat> that's what that's what I've been seeing to all my friends growing up in in high school and all that guys come on it's awesome but anyway. You've been saying this when you were a baby. You were like, come on, guys. What? How do, How yeah. was I saying this? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Yeah. I don't know why you suddenly became Eric Cartman from South Park, but you just did. Uh, yeah. Come on, guys. Oh. <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> Let's never do this again, somebody. <laughs> this is still a professional podcast. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. We are respected business people. <laughs> okay, continue. 
Yeah, we will. So, and the last question. Yeah, that's the last question. Tom has so many questions. Tom, I want oh, to thank hold, you. No, for hold you. on. There's another part of this question that we didn't answer. It's about what are the alternatives for the Balkan in doing business? Well, well, I mean, geopolitically, yeah, China, uh, the Middle East, yeah. the United States. The usual suspects. The usual suspects. So that's the alternative. And, you know, anybody who's willing to buy, to buy, the Balkans is selling. So when it comes to these things, European Union, be quick because there's other players afoot who want a piece of that clay, let's say, economically speaking. So, you know. No, I, yeah, th th those are that's the usual the question. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So the last question, history, Tom, once again, Tom sent in like a million questions. Thanks, by the way. Tom, in what way does the Balkan War and its aftermath and still shape economic relations between the Balkans and European Union member states? Ah, I was waiting until the war became a topic again. The war. The war. Uh, okay. Well, I think you want to start. <laughs> I want to part of an answer. I think okay, how, it. how it affects us is the image, which if which which has a detrimental effect on business because Obviously. people still think it's dangerous or it's unsafe or whatever. So that's how the war ties into that. It's politically unstable and stuff like that. And people are do not tend to be frightened of that and you know less inclined to do business with the region. Um, just to uh, emphasize that's not the case anymore. The reason region is stable and safe, and a lot of companies do business with the region. So even even some countries in '94, even the, some people in '94, as a talking company yeah. showed us. Well, you know, they say war is the best business. Some people say. Yeah, but I don't know about the kind of business. Yeah, of course, I'm not a fan of it either. So, but, yeah. but other, you wanted to. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know it's also a numbers game. Like if you just look at the economies from from the individual countries right now yeah. compared to you know if you try to calculate in some kind of sense when they were one country but not you know you know when they were uh, um, you know like confederate states or whatever um calculated for inflation the economies most of them ha still haven't recovered like except for like slovenia and maybe croatia a bit now yeah but like serbia's economy still hasn't recovered to pre-yugoslav war levels mm. it's still not at the same level of wealth and prosperity, uh, of course, corrected for inflation, but as yeah, it was yeah. then. So it would have been, it would have been a lot further ahead if, well, um, yeah, well, two sides, it's one, not on the same level as then. So mm -hmm. it hasn't recovered. And two, if you wouldn't have had a war, it would have grown then too. So you would not, not even, not only have had less growth, but you also had not had the negative impact of the war. So it's like yeah. two. Two, two sides uh, of the same coin, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Makes sense, I mean, yeah. yeah. So that's, I think, what you see uh, a lot. And when it comes to the relationship with the EU member states, yeah, we could just, yeah, okay. If you want to listen to the geopolitical story, just go to episode two of this season. Yeah. We explain everything there, I think. I think that's- I think that's the best- uh, Best reference. Yeah. Reference. I think, I mean, that's some, yeah. I mean, that's the case, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is how it is, but it also offers the opportunities that it does right now because of the, you know, it's very price com competitive because of these things as well. Of course. So, yeah. You know, uh, wise businessmen take yeah. that into consideration and, you know, make money off of that. So one, one person's loss is the other person's profit. That's yeah. That's sadly the case. Simple capitalism. Yeah. Well, not always, but you know, yeah, that's if, if you want to like make it very cynical. 
Yeah, oftentimes that's how it works. But anyway, I mean, maybe we can slowly move towards wrapping up this podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't want to end it on this sad note. No, 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 <laughs> but, but, uh, but we'll move slowly towards a wrap up because... Um, yeah, one of the good wanna, things... Tell me, yeah. One of the for. good things, you know, what uh, the last question, which is not a question. I don't know what you're talking about. You see Adi's, uh, Adi's uh, oh, remark. Oh, damn. Yeah. Adi. Adi. Thank you, Adi. You loyal listener. You didn't all have a question for us, but you just said, translated. Yeah. I don't have a question. Oh, right. We had another question, though. We didn't put it on this paper. What? The Burek versus Chivapi? William. William oh. from London asked us, Burek or Chivapi? Both. <laughs> why not both? Yes. Why, not, why are we making this choice? Nobody should be forced to choose between Burek or Chevapi. This is, this is insanity. Of course, both at the same time, or maybe in close succession. Left hand, right, no, left hand, right hand. We can make this work. With, with onions cut up and like yogurt. I'm going to keep the yogurt, man. Like, like, and let's get okay. back to Adi's yeah. comment. Adi said, no question, but I just want to say hi and tell you, keep up the good work. Well, Adi, thank you very much. Adi. Shout out. Shout out! We're to gonna Adi. tag you all in the in the in the description. Yeah, so we will we're do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for that. Somebody also asked us about our opinion about. No, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Okay, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to find out what this was, <laughs> come meet us at the drinks ah, on the third yeah. of April oh, in so Utrecht. Yeah, of course. You're yeah. So what are we doing on the third of April? Well, on the 3rd of April, we're organizing a uh, casual after work drinks for Balkan professionals. So, you know, I've had a few comments from people, you know, I don't know, you know, what is this conference yeah. and all is this for me? Is this for me? Yes, just, this is for you. Come. <laughs> this is just, this is just very, it's the intention is casual drinks. We want to get to know you. Um, we, we want you to get to know each other and, you know, you might want to get to know us, you know, maybe, maybe you know. not important, but you can, <laughs> if we'll you be can, there. we'll be there drinking something as well. Come and chat. It's going to be really cool. Just there was a Facebook event. There's Look a Facebook event. Facebook so make sure that the, if yeah. you are um, interested uh, put yourself on interested on Facebook. And if you're really coming, put yourself on going, you know, because if you do that, you will receive a free what? drink, a free drink what? from us. We'll pay yeah. it. We pay for Damn. it. Yep. Are we that rich these days? What? Are we that rich these days? We are that rich these days. Well, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. On that bombshell. On that bombshell. Thank you very much, Sanio. Well, Sandra, thank you, man. Thank you so much for being here again and talking to me about the Balkans and all these things. And hopefully we'll talk soon again. And hopefully we'll keep making these awesome podcasts and, you know, keep people interested and, and, and motivated and, and, and get more people to join us. Because you know what we're doing? Balkans 2.0. Balkans 2.0 confirmed. Confirmed. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Balkan Talks. Don't forget to follow the Western Balkans Business Group on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, and at WBBG Official on Instagram. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a positive review and follow our podcast to stay up to date on all our future uploads. You might also want to check out any of the other episodes of the Balkan Talks, which are available online. If you would like to learn more about the Western Balkans and all the opportunities that exist in the region, 
please contact WBBG at www.wbbusinessgroup.com. WBBG, connecting the Balkans. Thank you.